Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything's Been Done podcast, conversations in cycling subculture. I'm your host, Dustin Klein. And today's episode is brought to you by the EBD Gear Shop. Yes, the Everything's Been Done Gear Shop. From the nose down to the toes, the EBD Gear Shop has got you covered. Today, we've got a very special guest. He is a prolific content creator, a dedicated cyclist, and a well-known YouTube personality. You can find him on YouTube at Francis Cade. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Francis Cade. Welcome, Francis. How's it going, man? Doing well. I had to take my vest off really fast there. Oh, you look very smart. You look very smart now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How are things? Oh, things are well, yeah. I mean, obviously crazy times right now, but I think it's all kind of, I don't know, it's all over the place. Fuck if I know. It is. It is. I, I guess it's different in different locations as well. Things are slowly, well, quite quickly, which may be worrying, uh, returning to normal in the UK. Um, no way. But what, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of people out and about now. Uh, shops are opening. Pubs are opening. Uh, but you have to be outside. What about masks? Takeaway take stuff. Quite a few people wearing masks. We have to wear masks on public transport starting in a few days. Like they're not doing it immediately. <laughs> we always have a little period of like, <laughs> yeah, let people get ready. And then I, I guess people need to go and buy masks. But yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it, really. But as a cyclist, we spend a lot of time only seeing one or two people uh, and riding around. So I think we're in a lucky position. Yeah. How are things over there, Portland? Things are good. Lots of masks. Everyone's pretty. It's a mix, though. You know, there's people that won't wear them. And I think that's kind of like a statement. And then there's people mm -hmm. that will wear them. And like and then the, all the protests and stuff, too. It's just like so much. I actually, I feel like the protest stuff is kind of like everyone's sort of forgotten a little bit about the Corona thing. And then like they're lightening up a little bit. But now there's like, oh, the, they're like second spikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but of course, because the, the protests are, are about a topic that has been going on for many, many, many years. And coronavirus has only been around for a tiny amount of time in comparison. So, of course, the protests are going to matter. Yeah, yeah. And the protest for, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, it is a bigger thing, but I guess like the, yeah. I never thought of it like, cause the, like almost like a meta perspective, the coronavirus kills everything. Like it doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, I guess then you get into like age and da 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 da. But yeah, and I think it's, it's, the protests are like, it's, I'm so stoked that they're happening. It's, it's perfect. Like it's this perfect storm of like, kind of hitting society over the head with like, yo, fucking wake up. Like, look at what's mm -hmm. happening. And it's working too, which is really, is is cool. It's like so exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good that it's happening. Um, I guess, you know, pe people moaning about the protests happening now, they need to see it through the mindset of, it's a shame that people have to protest in this strange time, um, you know, during the coronavirus period. Uh, rather than look at these people protesting, well, we should shouldn't be out or whatever. It's it's just a change in mindset I think that needs to be had, and, and sympathy needs to be involved, rather than condemning people. But uh, but yeah, like we just said, it's it's because it is such a big deal, and that's why it's happening, and people people 
people need to realize that. So, you know, have their possible if you are protesting, you know, wear your masks. Yeah. Yeah. And actually there ha in, in Portland, like I, well, it actually is rather conducive because it's like an identity concealing and it's like safe. So I think like, it's like really uncommon to see someone without a mask at the protest. So yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Of course. Are people, have, have there been a lot of protests in London also? Yeah, absolutely. And people are wearing masks as well. Because um, obviously the, the protesters don't want to give themselves a bad name. Um, so, you know, we, we seem to be following all the rules and everything. Otherwise, things become difficult, don't they? So, but yeah, there's definitely been a trickle, a trickle down of what you guys have seen in the US uh, happening here. We have the same, we have the same issues. Totally. Same issues. Of course. Um, right. You know, perhaps not quite as extreme, uh, you know, in the, in the last few months. But, uh, but of course, like over, over the last few years, we've had things like that go on. So it's, it's just great that it's being talked about by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> which has never happened before. Right. It's always been a thing that comes up in the news, right? And then it's, it's a, you know, even in the most serious cases, it's been talked about for a, a week or so, and then it kind of goes away again. And then things just kind of go back to the same. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this time it's like, boom, snowballed out of control and what well, not out of control, snowballed and everybody, you know, even my parents having conversations with me about the topic, which never normally happened. It's great. Oh, yeah. wow. Have you guys ever talked about stuff like that before? Um, not really. I guess it's never been a, an instigator, but not for, yeah, we just, we just never have. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never talked about that stuff with my parents either. Mm. And part of that is like our white privilege where it's not in our face and so on yeah. and so forth. Like, Perfect yeah, example. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, are, do you live in London proper or do you live just outside of London? <laughs> I'm, I'm zone six. So there's there's little like zones. So imagine like circles. That's and like messenger talk. The furthest out one. <laughs> so it takes me an hour to cycle into the central of London, like central of London. Oh, wow. well, but it only takes me 16 minutes on the train. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So it's a cool, cool place to live if you're riding a lot. Uh, I'm also wow. nearby like a, a whacking great Royal Park, uh, which is like eight miles round um, for cycling in, which is cool. I'm, I'm in London I'm close enough to London that I can get there quite quickly uh, and, and, and utilize it. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not in the places where like the protests have been happening at all. Right. So if I walk outside here, it's like super chill. Totally. Uh, there's not much going on. Yeah. Is, is part of the reason you live there for access to riding? Um, no, we just kind of grew up. I grew up around here. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite just a nice area. I've always, I, in fact, I grew up like when I was really little, even closer to London. But London's got like bigger, right? So totally. I guess my parents thought, hey, we don't want to be in like, we want it to be too busy and like too much pollution and all of that crap. So mm -hmm. they moved when I was like ten, even further out, and then I'm still in the same town as them. So uh, yeah. Do your parents like live close to you? Well, we're so <laughs> they live really close. We live next door. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we have a, a pretty good deal on rent um, from them because they, the, they own the building as well. Oh, so that's great. 
so we're pretty we're pretty crammed in here like uh, you know um we could do with a bit more space now we're, we're so into our bikes like i live with yeah. my girlfriend daisy and we now have like three bikes each maybe i have four um and they seem to be multiplying yes so <laughs> i think yeah you know the struggle it, uh, we have to move soon um for the no, bikes been, been yeah yeah because of the bikes literally <laughs> we need like a bicycle room but with bikes in the living room shouldn't be a shouldn't be a thing should it I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to work with what you got. So I'm, I'm not opposed to what you can put them on the ceiling. If you got to put them in the video room, that's fine too. Like, you know, like there's ways to work around this. We have creative solutions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the video room. We have video rooms. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so space, space is such a thing. Of course, London, San Francisco, New York. These are places where I, I grew up in a place that had a ton of space. So I didn't mm -hmm. like too much space. So I didn't understand the value of it. And then I moved to San Francisco and everything's small and expensive. And it's like, whoa, space is so valuable. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's just like this interesting, like paradigm shift. And then after living in that, like we moved to Portland, which is where we're at now. And one of the main things was to come here to, to have more space to just yeah. do more projects. When you make things, you need space. And it's like, you don't really appreciate it until you don't have it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know, tangent. Because you move to the space and then you fill it with more stuff, right? So, 100%. so then you can, never go back. you can never go back, which is a bad human. Yeah, I wonder. No, uh, you can do it. It depends on what the motivation is. Like if you're like, you know, this other thing is like, driving it you'll we we did that actually to move here we had like a, a bigger place we rented and we knew we wanted to move up to portland and, and like buy a place so we had to go really small and then save up so we had like yeah. you know it's like a big breath you like blow out and get this tiny little spot that was it was a little cabin behind a house and like get rid of all this stuff and then get like our own place with like more space and then like you said if you have the space you fill it up it's kind of like a flat surface any flat surface, yeah, yeah. you have to <laughs> you have to battle to keep it clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Is it an interesting analogy too? To like, a, there's a phrase that says nature abhors a void. So mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, like if you a, a patch of dirt will not stay a patch of dirt unless it's like contaminated. It will just grow into like craziness. So it's almost like. You know, humans do the same we're, thing with we're nature, aren't we? So we just spread our stuff with, everywhere with all of our unnatural things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> we, we're spreading a strange thing that's never the world has never seen, like plastic and cameras <laughs> and tires. <laughs> tires. Oh, I love tires. Well, I've got two. Like, the thing is, I try and I, I consider myself quite. I'm. I'm not like a minimalist, that's because that's you just think of a person with no possessions whatsoever. Um, I try and keep my possessions to a minimum. I've, but I've chosen two hobbies, which are like really well, three things: filmmaking, bikes, and guitars. And there's just it's just stuff, so yeah. much stuff, like cables and electricals and turbo trainers and yeah, camera gear, tripods, just all of that crap. And you know, it's not all getting used immediately but there's always going to come a day where you it's really convenient to have it lying around so my studio i have a studio now which is 
pretty crazy. But that's filled up with stuff now, um, which has relieved a bit of the strain. But it's just crazy how many things you need just to function doing those things. <laughs> yeah, they're very. those are like gear things, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And then like, who wants to have just one guitar or just one bike or one camera? Because yeah. that one does yeah. this other one that's slightly different. Or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. As long as they're being used for good, then it's it's fine, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no. I, I'm a total n plus one with anything I'm into. It's just how I am. Yeah. So I have no shame about it, and I don't look down on anybody at all for. I guess it's collecting, but you're using it. That's an interesting one. Is collecting the same if you like use and abuse the thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't use and abuse stuff, and then I'll, I'll, I will try and pass it on, like I'll, my used cameras and everything. Like I try and sell them, I, but then there is, there's definitely part of me that wants to keep them as memories and have like a shelf of just cool old stuff. The same with bikes, but I've learned to yeah. just let go at the moment. And you know, I mean, what's a good example? Um, my racing bike from last year like we're, we're both very lucky to be sponsored by the same bike brand right yep and they want to go off their new stuff so they they've yeah, given me totally they gave me a bike last year and then they gave me another bike this year right that one and yeah the one the blue one yeah and it is have a nice red one. Oh yeah that's simple. right oh the the cento 10 cento 10 right and that's an awesome bike and i like want to keep it forever it's my first ever like sponsored bike that i get to keep and it's awesome but that is way better off going to someone else who's going to use it because it's a it's a really good bit of kit and in the end it has it's gone to a really good home and it's going to get raced uh so it's better just letting things go like you can't get attached to these things right it's just whatever the cool videos that we're making that don't take up any actual physical space those are the things that we need to look back on i think yeah right and that is like a funny thing about sponsored stuff. It's like a really interesting way to start interacting with things. Cause it's mm-hmm. like people, this is always a funny one. People are like, Oh, free food tastes the best. And you're like, yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, actually things that you work hard for taste the best. Like free mm-hmm. shit is like easy come easy go. Like if that free sponsored bike comes in your life, you're fucking stoked that first day. Awesome. Riding high. But if you like, like if it got stolen like a month later, you'd be like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so come steal our bikes, everybody, because we won't give a shit. I don't know. I don't know what this says about the situation, but I, I'm definitely less excited about bike gear than I was back when I was buying stuff. Yeah, because it's like a, the, the like the ceiling, like you want what you can't have. Like yeah. once you start getting everything, then you're like. You and kind that's not of sad. It. It's a different. It's just a different type of appreciation, a different level of appreciate appreciation. Whereas if you save up, you know, five thousand pounds or something, which is a lot of money for like a race bike, and you've just been stoked and excited about it for a long time, it's a different thing. Buying it is a different thing. Um, yeah, and you look after it differently. Yeah, and you spend a lot of time thinking about it because you're like, okay, this is like a lot of time and energy to get the amount of points needed to purchase the thing. So you want to make sure you do the right decision and get the right thing. 
And then if you go down the route of like the frame and then you're like components and wheels and like every little thing. Actually, is that, you consider that a, a custom bike? No, that's probably called a custom bike build. Yeah, but it's the same kind of thing. You made it yourself and you, the more, I guess the more time you spend thinking about it and nurturing the idea, the more emotionally attached you get to it. Whereas if someone goes, hey, this is the bike you're gonna have in a month's time, it's it's different, isn't it? You have less time, you have less brain time dedicated to the the, the process of getting it. Yeah, and then the like the personalizing is like a thing. Like the the Cento is like that thing's fucking awesome, but it's also like you know you get a bike of like much less value, but you were like okay these wheels and this gear ratio and like, or uh, cassette or whatever, like you're kind of just way more attached to it because of the, I guess it's like the personalization or I, I don't know, like. Yeah, and what you've done on it. Yeah. I used to ride, I mean, certainly the first year, I'm using this one a lot more now because we've had better weather and I'm traveling less. But when I was doing loads of bike packing, I was taking my cheaper, the, the Yena, the gravel bike, right? Yes. Everywhere. And then I, I, it got smashed up and uh, I rode it across Vietnam and smashed it up. <laughs> and I've got it carbon repaired. And now it's got like two gnarly like bits of carbon weave where it's been repaired. I've got to go pick it up tomorrow. And that's oh, cool. like, now it's really my bike. Now I want to keep it. Like now I don't want to, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like badges See, of honor. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's so. sick. Did that so, uh, did that bike break in transit or was it actually yeah, from riding it? That one was like, so I rode it all the way through Vietnam. Wait, wait, what was that? Uh, what was that trip? Explain that trip. Like so that was we 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 rode from um, Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh uh, with two very good friends. We bike packed the whole thing or toured the whole thing because um, that's actually the same thing. Isn't it? Help. Then, uh, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. We, we cycled our bikes from, from one place to another. Uh, we actually got a bus because one of us got sick halfway through. Uh, so who cares? We, we got there and it was cool. Um, rode it through a jungle, got lost in a jungle, which was wicked. Um, yeah, we had a great time. And then that bike I then took uh, on another flight, like on holiday this time. I was with Daisy and my parents. Oh, yeah. And then it got... Absolutely, like run over by it must have been run over by a forklift on the on the runway or something. It was oh. trashed, and so was her bike. Oh. Um, luckily, like managed to claim on the airline's insurance and stuff. But uh, yeah, like it's in the process of being repaired. All the parts were wrecked, and but oh. it's going to be brought back from the dead. So that's it's all right. Happy days in the end, and it makes a good story. Yeah, I think it's cool. That bike's been through some through some shit. So, well, how? I'm to see it. I I know that you like documented that trip through Vietnam. So if anybody wants to watch it, it's on Francis's channel on YouTube. Technically, I like. How the fuck do you like charge your batteries and like? Wh- how would you s- edit? Like, would you? It's so when I've done well, bike trips, I'll film the whole trip and then do all the editing when I get home because it's such a, um, it's so physically, it's such an energy drain to be, to dry it all day. And then like try and figure out where you're staying, eat food 
and then edit a video like no way yeah i mean i think my edit time i've just become super efficient at editing like when i first started youtube i did it at the time where like the daily vlog was still a thing yeah it was like that thing to do so that's what i really got into and I, i i was working i was working a normal job and then finishing at like four and then I'd go and film a video and then I'd edit it and then I'd post it the next day. So it was like super like, I just Whoa. through that process became really efficient at doing it. And I guess it, it's just repeating that and refining that. And you're basically editing it in the camera by recording only what you, yeah. And in your head. So like you'll, you'll kind of recognize what you filmed later on and all you're doing is trimming it and stitching it together. Okay. So this is, <laughs> I got lots of questions now. So, <laughs> Like, will you, I guess we'll talk about now opposed to then, just because I'm sure it's different and I'm sure it's the same too. But so like when you're going to film an episode, which you do almost daily, which is like, is it around like four a week, something like that? Yeah, I think it's about four. If you look to the average. Is it like every other day kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, some days I get like three done in a row and then, but then I tend to like, conk out and then i'll have two days off so i it really is oh, a mix but then it's different on the bike packing trips yes when for did, sure so it's like every day is just the same so i'm like okay and there's always something interesting to film right and it's documenting then that becomes easier then you're just filming what you're doing in the day and i think that's definitely an easier job than trying to come up with a video idea so what you what you do in most of your videos is like right i have a topic here i have a story to tell and it, the timeline is not linear. Um, there's going to be clips from different cameras. There's going to be clips from different things. Uh, you know, there's talking head parts that you know, intersperse above it. Like that's a different video. That takes longer. Um, but it's same. I feel like you have a lot of those things in your videos too, like multiple cameras. No or yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, wait, let's just okay. So say you're going to do a video tomorrow or this, you know, coming up. Are you thinking in your head of like what the uh, what the storyline is going to be or what the subject is? Or do you just kind of like, OK, it's Wednesday. just like film the day. Like, how do you approach filming? I guess. It, yeah, it, 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 some, some of them will be. It depends what the topic is. Oh, it's so hard to to. Um, I'm deconstructing this in my head now as we speak, trying to figure out the best way to get it across. Uh, it, it's it's. Some of the videos will have a message that I really want to get across. And some of them will just be, I start filming and I'm, I go out to film my day. And then as time goes on, I realize what the topic will be. And then I'll divert my attention to getting that point across or getting that topic across um, or making a point. So for the bike packing ones, as I said, it's easy. Um, yes, I use different cameras, but they, they're the ones that I've been using for a long time. And after doing it 900 times, uh, you get pretty quick at it. But yeah, for sure, the, one, the ones at home, I'll maybe use two cameras. I never fly the drone because we're in London. Uh, so it's GoPro and, and big camera. And I'll, I'll make a mental note every time I shoot with the cameras. Um, that I kind of refer to later as to where the order of things. And then I'll never leave it more than a day uh, before editing. So everything is fresh in my mind. And that's a really important bit as well. 
if you leave it too long, you're in trouble. Because you forget what you've shot, right? Yeah, but you can see it all. Because it's yeah, already shot. You... So, so, okay, you know the screen on, I'll like preview a clip. And from the first uh, frame of the clip, I'll know what the whole thing is. Because I've literally just shot it like the day before or the same day. Um, so I guess it's visual memory uh, is, is really important. And yeah. So I feel like maybe I don't understand this still. So some days you'll start just like, and if you just explain this, I did get distracted by pushing this one button. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cat yeah. brain. So you, you'll start filming a day and then like some, like you said, sometimes you'll have a vision of a message, but sometimes you won't. And I guess, so say you won't and you start filming a thing, but then maybe a, a like a message starts to get clear through the day. Hmm. Right. And then you'll yeah. be able to. Like up or like some, something, somewhat like, I don't know, yesterday's a good example. Someone sent me a t-shirt uh, about a new cycling initiative in the UK called bike is best. And I was like, okay, right. So I'd already filmed my intro saying, Hey, I'm just got a meeting. I'm riding to wherever. Um, so I'd already done the intro and then, then the t-shirt and shit turned up and I was like, oh, okay, so hang on, I'm going to talk about this t-shirt thing because there's a cool initiative. And that, and that led me on to, oh, there's loads of new cyclists around. I'm going to talk about Phil Guyman's video that he made uh, about welcoming new cyclists. And then that became the oh. message and then I thought more about it. So it, it, often the ideas don't come to mind until I've already started the filming process of a, of a vlog because it's a vlog format and that's the format I still stick to. I right, like and format. then... So then for you, do you define vlog format as like self-documentary? Um, I guess when I say vlog, I mean like it's, it's a day. It's my, my day. Great. That's perfect. Those are like good parameters of what totally. Yeah. Um, and then how do you, how do you make sure that it doesn't, maybe you don't even think about this. How do you make sure that the like the story or the edit doesn't like get away from you? And then how do you like because I'm always concerned with like, OK, how do I fucking close this story instead of like yeah. drivel, drivel, drivel? It's nighttime now and it's like none of my fucking shit makes any sense with itself. Or you'll, it's um, like a path that doesn't really like you'll just blah and you're like, uh, how yeah, do I make yeah, this yeah. stop? A lot of that can be one. A lot of that can be fixed in post. So if you forget stuff. I just slap like titles on there um, oh, to fill sure. in the gap or, or sub myself in wearing the same t-shirt and hope no one notices. Totally. <laughs> like in a different time, like the next morning, like at 5am, I'll like quickly make it look as if it's the same time. Um, but really like, I don't think you have to close many. I literally wear like, I have like five of the same black t-shirt. So I know oh, that's, you get a lot of freedom t-shirt. with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, same hat nearly always the same hat. Sometimes my beard grows and it's different lengths on different days. Right. And then, and then I, I've like shaved it and I've fucked up because now no one notices. Nobody notices. Oh, you that's awesome. Sneaky. Yeah. But also, um, I don't know if people really care either though. You know, like no. as long as the story makes sense, it's like kind of funny if it's like, oh, shaved long yeah. face. Like what? <laughs> Exactly. It doesn't matter. But in terms of finishing a story, like, I don't know, I like an abrupt ending. It makes people come back um, hmm. for the next day or the next video. So I just tend to like end things that are really funny 
times. Like you just suddenly cut up to a black screen of music and then that's the end. Love it. Yeah, that is cool too. And it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel weird. It feels good. Like you, like you say, you'd be like, oh, like oh, what's next? Yeah, huh. you have to be like confident enough with it to be like, bang, it, video just ends. And you don't upset people. What you don't manage to utilize on if you do that though is, you know, please subscribe and like and do all that crap, which is, is like a little call to action at the end makes a big difference on YouTube. But it, then, which I, I kind of try and put it in, although I'm torn because you don't want to be a slave to that shitty algorithm and make videos that you don't want to make. So part of me is like, oh, yeah, I'll say it if it's convenient. I'll remind people, but really that's not why I'm doing it. So yeah. yeah. And actually this might help you with that. Like I've done like a little bit of homework on this stuff and it's like, not every video needs to have all the call to actions and not every video. And also stacking them all on one is just like confusing. Cause you're like, go here, click this, buy this, do that. And you're like, oh, I'm not next. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be all the time basically. And it's just as effective. Theoretically, <laughs> of content. It's just, yeah, you don't need to do it all the time. Yeah. Okay. How long does it take you to edit an episode? Like, I know it, it depends on the episode, but there's like a ballpark there. Um, are we including importing the files, um, fucking around with cables and stuff and all the different cameras and getting it onto that? Or is it like, the moment you open Premiere Pro and start editing to pressing export. What do, yeah. what do you want both? Okay, answers? so there's there's that, and then there's that fucking bullshit at the end where you're like, oh, title, description, fucking A, why, thumbnail. Oh, yeah, that, that's the longest bit sometimes. Dude, tags. It's so it is the most important, and it's the very end where you're like, cool, I'm done, and you're like, fuck, I gotta do all this shit real quick. <laughs> so stupid and i've got a game for another video if it's if you're doing like the next day dude <laughs> insanity i don't even understand i it blows my mind okay so just the editing then i guess okay the editing um if it's if it's one of those bikepacking trips i can do it in an hour god damn it if it's that is insane if it, um, a vlog at home, which tends to be a little bit more like, because I'm being creative and I'm like filming, I don't know, because I'm around here, like doing different angles and doing different stuff. Um, then probably two hours. God it really damn. goes over that. That is insanely impressive. That's insane to me. But it's, <laughs> but it's not like I have a magic power or anything. It literally is because I've done 900 and how, like how many? Oh, I'll tell you the exact number. Yeah. 920 videos. So you do that and then that's how, that's why it's fast. And everything's ready. Like all, all the, all the titles are ready. All of the intro music is ready. I've got like a folders, folders on my desktop with all the music of different types. Cool. That I like put in a bank. Uh, everything's in order. Like the color grade is one thing that I just slap on. Oh, um, that's fucking, and it's a lot. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, oh, it's my own. There you go. It that's is yours. Could, uh, yeah. It's my luck. <laughs> oh, I should <laughs> I help promote that. It's my own luck. Um, which is, yeah. For, for viewers who don't know what a LUT is, it's like a, 
it's a filter. It's like an Instagram filter you put on your video and it tells a pixel of one color to turn to another color. Uh, so it's like it's within the image rather than a thing you slap on top, actually. Um, oh, so, so, it's, it's, so it looks really fresh and clear still. Um, is it not in a, like an adjustment layer? It's different than that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, even, even putting it on an adjustment layer, when you export it, it then like Got puts it. its um, effects inside the, inside the image properly. So it's not like you're overlaying something really. Whereas an Instagram filter is kind of doing that. It's like a, it's, not, it's quite destructive to the... Uh. This is what I understand from it. I'm not a color grading guy. That but, makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, Which actually, like, if you've never, if someone listening or watching has never seen Francis's videos, they're they're beautiful. They're like the production quality and the image quality is very high. It's nothing that you're used to from watching my videos. If your eyes need a, are getting tired of looking at four pixels blurring around, you should check out Francis's video. <laughs> the, the only person I'm doing all those like color grades and all that for really is me. No one cares. No, dude, it no make, it's beautiful. I'm always like, fuck, man, this looks like a little mini like, movie. Like, but really, like this, but the like, okay, it's like a very. It should be the last thing you worry about, but it is the first thing people worry about. Oh, like, which sure. camera should they use? Like it's like, it literally is the last thing you should worry about. Yes, um, yes. Because the story is what's important, and that's where I that's agree. what you know with yours. So yes. Well, I'm like slowly trying to back into like, okay, how do I like? So wait, 1080. Tell me, tell me more. On 4K. You have you ever made a 4K video? I think I tried it. I do a, like a, a, an insane amount of experimenting with like frame rates and like image quality and da 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 da. And at one point I was like, okay, 4K, like what's the big deal? And I, it's kind of the same reason I have not liked raw photos in the past is there's these fucking giant files and they take way longer to edit. And I was like, even with a mm. proxy, I know the whole thing. It fucking, I hate it. It's just like, I've yeah. gone, gone back to 1080. Just like, fuck it. Like, quick files. Like, it's the machine can handle it. I don't have to wait for the proxies. Like, can, and, and who's watching? Or like, at least half of our viewers are probably watching it on a phone. Yes. So, yeah, if not, why more. do we need to do it? Like, seriously? 4K? But this is bringing me, so back to the original point. Um, you asked me how long my edits take from start to finish inside the software. Oh. All of the stuff, there's a lot more time spent outside, like transferring files. Yeah. Um, and if, if we were doing 4K, Dude. that would be four times more time because Whoa. like the laptop fills up pretty quickly anyway with 1080p files. And then you're like putting stuff on external hard drive and I'm doing that and that never happens like a good time. It always happens when I've come to edit in the morning and then I'm like, oh, fuck my laptop's full uh, <laughs> i need to edit and it takes an hour transferring like a terabyte of stuff doesn't totally. it? it takes a long time so there's all of that crap on the outside that you have to do and maintain and like i think I've, i think subconsciously i've managed to like get a good charging routine um oh, yeah. nailed just like when I plug stuff in and do things, I just, I leave them at the right time. So I plug in my camera, import the files, and then it's already charging when that's happened and I've started editing. And that kind of keeps it topped up. Um, yeah. But yeah, as soon as you more, 
cameras to that, like drones and stuff, that's when it's a pain in the ass. And yeah. Dude, yeah, more elements make it. it yeah, because you're, you're like more batteries and like compatibility and oh. cards and just like. <laughs> yeah. So what do you what do you call your videos? Like, oh, I got to make a. Vlog. You say, what, oh, you'll say it's vlog. Word. What's yeah, that? Vlog. Interesting. Vlog, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, I'll call them edits. Because it's yeah. like, it's an edit. That's but this is, I've said this before and it still blows my mind. We make movies. Did you know that? What's the definition of a movie? Oh, I love doing this. <laughs> Define movie. Oh, we're in the future. A story or event recorded by a camera as a set of moving images and shown in a theater or on television. A motion picture. Did you get it? A yeah, story yeah. or event recorded by a camera as a set of moving images and shown in a theater or on a television or a fucking iPad or a f- phone or whatever. Get with the times, dictionary. <laughs> she said that? She said fucking? <laughs> That's amazing. So we are. We're movie makers. It, dude, I was like, cool, really? Because it's not film. <laughs> it's not, you know... What, yeah, make a film, make a video. It's not video. Like, although I don't know that definition. But anyways, I don't know. It kind of, maybe it's like confident boosting. Like, okay, cool. Not like, I mean, a video, that could be anything. You could just, a clip with a phone is like basically a movie then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, but, you, did you see recently um, Martin Scorsese said that the Marvel movies were not cinema. Ooh, that's what's cinema. Yeah. Well, Art? that's a whole nother thing. He's like, this is a new genre of this is not cinema because it's just guys fighting each other. Essentially, there's not the same like pureness of emotion and story and whatever he considers. So it's quite a controversial uh, thing. I can, that's not a topic for now. I mean, no. go away and uh, have a read of that. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Same I, sort of like, what is a what is a film? What is a movie? Are these that that is what these are? Yeah. The production they, value, like, but from both of us, I think is it, it's you know they're not like selfie videos anymore. It's not the same as like uh, I don't know what we can compare it to. It is it is it's its own uh, art form, isn't it? Without sounding. No, I think that's a great way to perceive it is it is art because it's a creative. We're creating a whole story. We're creating the whole thing. And like like movie making is a is a kind of a very complex medium because there's story, there's image, there's sound, there's editing. It's like super layered opposed to like a drawing or a painting is very it's like a straightforward set of rules and boundaries and expectations. And of course, you can shake reality with those as well. But from a, a, a creator perspective, making making movies, which even I feel like an imposter saying that, it is a very dynamic uh, discipline. And I don't know. And it's just interesting because it's so layered. There's so much depth to it. Because you well, could, yeah. Until recently, there was it would be ten different guys all doing one bit of this, right? And, yes. and YouTube has 
forced, not forced, but it is encouraged people to do everything. Yes. Which is, there was a clearly like a, a process. It's, it began with guys just filming everything on one camera. The sound comes out of it. This is my morning. You know, a vlog really was like, I wake up, I have breakfast, I do this. It's a linear timeline. And then guys started changing that. Cool. And then things really started snowballing. And now we've got this crazy platform full of everything. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to see how it's like evolved and, and just morphed into its own genre, I guess. I don't know what else I would call it. So how did you end up start making videos? Like what was this draw that kind of pulled pulled you in this wacky direction? I, I, I'd stumbled on a few creators who were doing um, stuff that I thought was cool. Uh, and I was like, right, I want to make videos. <laughs> that was that was it. What, I wanted what, to make videos. Didn't know what about. When? When was this? This was oh, four years ago. I think 16. I need to go, go back and check. Yeah. 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 2016 must've been, I really, I'd, I'd need to like, I literally need to scroll back through my YouTube and figure it out. To see, no, I, I understand. Think, yeah. I'm so bad at dates and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I knew I wanted to make videos about something. I didn't know what that topic was. And I kind of filmed vlogs of just, going to the shops and stuff because I wasn't cycling at that point and then and did some travel vlog kind of stuff and then started riding again and those, those ones started doing well because they had bikes in and I suppose finding a niche topic was quite important at that time and then they they immediately did better and I, I identified that and then just carried on with it um, but really the first three years of doing it, I was just documenting. I wasn't doing anything creative. I wasn't very good at talking to the camera. So I, I, I was nervous to speak any, you know, I was not trying to get a point across. I was just documenting what was going on. Um, and only in the last few, few, few months, I guess the last year have I actually started being a bit more creative with it and using it for, you know, the, the, the previous few years was just learning, learning how to use a camera, learning all of that stuff. It takes a long time learning how to edit quickly. Yeah. Um, all of that crap. So now I've got on top of that. Now is the time to go, okay, well, I've got this platform now. What do I do with it? And I still don't know. <laughs> I mean, do that sounds like a, that sounds like a heavy question. Like, I, I would suggest like, don't think about that. Like that's like, sounds like a blocking question, like a very pressure heavy question. Like yeah. I think the thing that drew you to it is uh, what I would almost, what I would say is almost what to kind of keep on that. Like it's, it's was like, was it the, an avenue to create? Was that kind of a pull or was it, putting something out there for people to see. Maybe it was a mix of all of those. I think it was the creative process, like actually making something. And I enjoy the process of doing it. It doesn't, it never feels like a work. And I'm sure yeah. you experienced the same thing at times. Um, <laughs> at times yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, and still, I don't, 
it still it doesn't feel like work very often and i still enjoy it the same amount but it's and it and it's addictive oh what part of it um, is addictive yeah uh oh what part of it is addictive I'm addicted to trying to make things better, like do things in a better way. I'm, I'm watching the progression. So if you, I, I often go back and watch old videos because oh. that's a really good way to to measure that, right? That's a great practice. Um, and I watch I, I, I watch a lot of other, so I don't really watch TV, uh, unless me and Daisy sit down and we watch a movie together. I don't really watch TV, but I watch a lot of other YouTube content. And I know that those guys out there are making things with the, yeah, they've got access to the same equipment. They've got access to the same things. They've got the same drones. Like, how are they getting that shot? How are they doing that? So that that's the bit that for me is really interesting. Like, I really love, you know, how did you get that sunrise shot with a Mavic Air? I've got the same bit of equipment. I want to try and recreate that. And that's exciting to me. But I know it's not exciting to the viewers. Uh, like, someone sees a drone shot and they just go, okay, cool, that's a drone shot. And they might even go in the comments and go, oh, that drone's drone footage is so fucking cool. But really, they actually stick around for the storytelling and the interesting content of the video, not the like flashy shit. But the flashy shit is what kind of keeps me going. I like experimenting with all the cameras and things. I, I think it's all necessary though, because if it's just like a person talking, meh. like, you know, you gotta like tantalize the eyes and stuff too. But there are guys who do that, no? There are guys with millions of, um, you know, a huge audience, and and it's a talking head, and they have a, a, a entirely separate talent and expertise to do that. Sure. It's like the TV presenter guys we were talking about before we went uh, live. Right. There's, there's, you know, that it's a, it's a different skill set. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, because ultimately it's 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 what feels good to the creator. Like if you're not, so it's, you're kind of, I don't know how to say that, like chasing yourself, you're like following your impulse to create. So it's, you know, for obviously for both of us, just rambling about something, aside from the Everything's Been Done podcast, is not necessarily a thing that pulls to us. Like we like, things that are visually dynamic and like fucking with the story and, and challenges too. Like it's not that just having a monologue isn't challenging, but there's like a certain level of challenge. Where you're like, Oh, how am I going to pull this story back into like making sense or like going, I don't know, whatever yeah, point made. <laughs> and it gets more and more complicated as time goes on and you start introducing new methods of doing it. Right. Because Filming, it, reached a, it did reach a point where I was just filming morning to evening and documenting it. And and people were still saying, oh, it's really cool. And there were new viewers coming, which is great. And it's exciting to them because they don't see it. They haven't seen it before. or they haven't seen, But it got pretty stale to me. Like yeah. I'd be doing the same rides, the same things. So you're always just, there's that want within myself to like push and try new techniques or filming ways of filming or ways of getting you know styles of video um and that's what's fun to me yeah it's and i fun. get what was that it's just fun right yeah keep it interesting 
it, it makes me think about like burnout. Have you, cause you're so prolific. It, it, to me, it's, it seems like it's easier to burn out. So within the Corona thing, I started upping my content volume and it's, it's, you know, it's fun to do. There's, I kind of get like a high from just like constantly producing things. You also, I noticed I also get kind of like tunnel vision-y, like this constant, like it's almost hectic life of just like this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. I don't know. So I guess if you have something to say on that and then also just burning out in general, which I guess that shit can lead to just like hitting a wall and being like, fuck. Do you mean, well, at the first point, do you mean uh, you just get distracted by a lot of things and or, or trying to do too many tasks at once? I think it's more that, just juggling all these things. Because, like, yeah. you know, I, I was up to three pieces of content a week, which to me is basically like all of my time is that because they're still doing the rides, editing, and all the, all the bullshit in between all of those things, which you know. Um, but you're producing even more content than that and editing more more like making more edited pieces it just seems like do you feel stressed out about time often ever i guess i don't i don't think about the ones i i only ever think about the next one and then i'll if there's a video like in a cup in, in a few days time i've organized to ride with someone i really won't think about it until the morning of doing it i'll make sure before saying yes to something that i will have a bit of brain space for sure but um, I really, it's just like tunnel vision on the on the current task. I can't multitask anyway. I'm like so bad with it. I'm, I'm one of those people that if I like if I pick up my phone like that and I'm on it, and someone's talking at me, I there's I don't even realize, which totally. drives people nuts. Like I'm in, I'm in one zone. Like if I'm editing something, it's, it's yeah, drives people crazy. But yeah, I guess oh. it's it's focused on one task at a time. Yeah, Always. and that's I would think that's probably why you're so fast too. It's just like fucking done. This one done. <laughs> I think I was talking about in my video yesterday. Um, I've been experimenting with waking up earlier. I saw so that. I've tried, Five a.m. Five a.m. I've tried. <laughs> so I slept in this morning, and then I passed out on the sofa as well today. I literally have a coffee here. Oh yeah. I just woke up speaking to you. <laughs> oh my god. So I was a bit slow at the start. That's why. <laughs> But the 5 a.m. thing, like, oh, my God. I edit. It's literally cut off half an hour of my edit time just by doing that. Wow. Um, and I noticed it. I noticed I was efficient when I was away doing bikepacking trips. And that that's probably why now it's, like, dawned on me. Like, oh, because I'm editing in the morning. So I kind of pass out. Like, I fiddle with some files and, like, put them on the laptop and then pass out because I've done a day of riding. And then in the morning, right, right. I'm, like, awake early. Everything's calm. There's no distractions. And you just go and then will uh, you, do you upload right when you're done editing yeah, or i'll schedule for the next day oh cool. um on like a bike packing trip because the wi-fi is so shit so i usually that's the thing i like upload the video overnight sometimes so there's always like a lag right. a secret lag that no one knows about yeah um, which is, sometimes it ends up being like a few days behind like we had a weird the i did a ride across australia right. and there was a point patch where we had no internet not even phone signal for like four or five days which was really nice <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool <laughs> oh no it was so terrible and it was really nice 
but it, it also meant that I could like bank a load of videos and then I could chill out for the, the last few days of the ride and then just like put them out when, you know, if I needed the extra sleep, you know, I could put that in. I've gone on a massive tangent. What were you we saying? I don't know. I was, I was enjoying the tangent. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a good tangent. Uh, burnout. Oh yeah. Thank you. I've got, I think I've never really like fully burnt out, but I'm quite conscious because of my racing days. Cause I used to do, uh, I, I do a lot of racing. I was full-time racing in the UK for wow. two years. Um, and you get quite good at knowing when you're tired, physically oh. tired, mm-hmm. not mentally tired. I don't really know, know much about that, but, um, for sure, I'm like good at knowing when I need a day off. Um, and that's what I apply to the video oh. stuff as well. So today was an example. I'd, I'd done a couple of videos they are done. Okay. Um, so this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? I don't need to film today. I, cool. I probably should have a rest and then lo and behold i did actually just pass out on the sofa so i was tired so right. it was it wasn't like a really well thought through decision but it turned out it was the right one and yeah yeah i probably get it just before i'm gonna burn out every time and yeah in terms of longest longer scale burnout long-term burnout i don't i don't know i haven't reached a point like that yeah but long-term burnout it's it i think if you're not really burning out in the short term, I guess there's, I wouldn't even worry about like the long term. You know what I yeah, mean? Like you, all those little ones, then the little ones would contribute to a bigger one, right? So as long I, as you're keeping it in check. Exactly. Okay. That's what I would think. Yeah. I guess I've, my, my like tolerance for, for riding and stuff is, is quite good. It's definitely like, it, it's, it's always like a mental, like, okay, I'm, I'm a bit tired and I don't want to edit rather than, Oh, I feel physically tired because I guess the, like I, I ride a fair bit, but I'm, I'm riding nowhere near as much as I was a few years ago when I was racing and stuff. That was like, that's, that was actually physically draining. Whereas now I kind of, it's just, you know, Oh, we get to ride around the park and talk to a camera. It's nowhere near as bad. Right. Well, wouldn't that depend on the type of like rides that you're signing up for? Like, Hey, we're going to do this crazy you know, 2000 kilometer thing or, or whatever, you know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know if I got that in me right now or just like, okay, we're doing everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose like I, I try not to get, I am thinking during the day of filming, like, oh yeah, I've got to edit later or I've got to go and film another one tomorrow or maybe the next day. So I, I'm probably like, I try to not get carried away in the chain gangs and stuff. Right. Or doing the turns on the front or whatever is, is applicable to the ride. Uh, so yeah, I often try to like hold myself back, um, which can't always be done though. I appreciate that. Like it's, um, some of the rides are big and then you need more sleep afterwards, don't you? So it's, right. it's, it is tricky. It is tricky. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like you say, you used to ride a lot more than you do now, but now you do a whole other thing that makes it just as much, exertion is just not only physical exertion and i i mean i you have a lot more to show for it now in the sense of like because you're fast it's so ephemeral like cool i'm fast right now 
And then like here today, gone tomorrow, you know, but like a video is like, I, I, you know, a video just lasts longer. It's not necessarily oh, yeah, going to last yeah, forever, yeah. but it's there. About, like, I think, yeah, video stuff is, um, it's a pretty, it's a cool, creative and like wholesome job to be doing. I think it's fun. Totally. Um, yeah. Which, which racing wasn't, I don't think. But Did you kind of burnt out, burn out on racing? Um, yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was a very draining thing to do, especially when you weren't like winning and you were just kind of working for guys in your team and, and which is a fun thing in itself, but it, it wasn't quite what I wanted to be doing at that time, I suppose. Uh, but it is what it is, but yeah. Have you, have you done any racing before? Uh, no. Like it just doesn't, there's not no even gravel stuff. I mean like grinduro, but it's like not really a race. Like, yeah. like dirty Kanza. I'm always like, I don't, I don't fucking want to race. Like I don't, it doesn't to me. That's like the perfect way to kill cycling personally. Like, it's just like, yeah. why, why put competition on it? Like what the fuck? I have a phrase simply put rides over races. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah more fun to ride and that's my mental state like racing it's like oh pressure and it i just don't have it you know i'm sure it's strategy and fun and pushing yourself but i go straight to just like <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it, it, it's i think it's really cool and it does have its place but i think it's too much focus on it for new riders coming into the, the sport right it, it shouldn't it should it even be called a sport new riders coming into cycling sure Cool. Um, I, d- I don't know if it there's this all like marketing and all of it is just racing, 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 isn't it? Yeah. And like the pros are the people who we should look up to. And and I don't know if it should be like that. I think people just should be encouraged to just go out and ride. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely see and have experienced the fun side of racing. And, and you can see why it's appealing because it's like, yeah, you know, it's going fast. And going right. fast is cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, in cycling, so I grew up skateboarding, so I come from this like kind of anti-competition perspective of like creative expression, individuality, and it came into cycling through being a bike messenger, like all of this non-competitive, non-racing stuff, but cycling as a whole, like how it's, how it's uh, projected is through uh, competition. I mean, that's basically all sports that's how they're put out skating would be like a snowboarding they, you know those are video parts so there's how to show these like individuals opposed to like the fastest or this team so it's a yeah, cult- yeah. Well, skating's a real one like i see that as a complete outsider i don't have like ridden i can ride a skateboard that's pretty much it i'd mm-hmm. love to do more but from an outside perspective the cool stuff that i see presented to me immediately there are like compilations of trick videos, you know, like guys doing grinds on rails and then filming it and having a good time. Yes. And like, why isn't that what is pushed to your face to push right in front of you when you, when you search cycling instead of Tour de France highlights videos, which is what is the first thing most of the time people stumble on. Right. I mean, it's, this is an awesome question because it's kind of starts to break down into just the difference of the activities because mm. like skating is visually like 
it's aesthetically beautiful and it's like insane. Like what the fuck a handrail, like how, and this, you know, the skill level's really intense, but cycling, like it's boring to watch. Like you want, Oh cool. This dude's like riding a bike for eight hours. Like I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) Who thinks through that? Does anyone watch the full, full length race? Maybe it's like on and then you're like doing something else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, oh, someone's attacked quicker and you have to get back and wind it back because you missed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. But I, I honestly think that people like you and me help sort of like shift this, uh, the perspective of what cycling can be. Because it's like, yeah. it's a way to produce content that's not race focused. It's, we're very DIY. We're just using what we have and putting it out there on this very, Maybe the word is unilateral platform, which is YouTube. And I, I don't know. I think those are really great things because it starts to show like, hey, cycling isn't just competition, which is intimidating. Like if you're like maybe slightly overweight and you're not white and you're a little older, you're like, I, cycling like is fun. But that shit is fucking intense. Like, I don't you got to wear a fucking superhero outfit and do what? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> How many people are put off immediately just because of that? Loads, right? Yeah. And I do it. I still am like, come on, we got to wear this shit. (laughs) I mean, it is, it is like, you get into it for a while and then you do it for longer and then you, then you wear Lycra and you're like, oh, okay, that's why. Because it is is like comfortable, right? Yes. It's very function for sure. Yeah, yeah. The first time you see it though, it is quite alienating. And, but there's nothing wrong with just wearing normal fucking clothes and going for like all the kids who do wheelies. Yeah. How sick is that? Yeah. You have those important. Yeah. It's like globally. Totally. Oh, yeah. But that's that, just that, that's like the opposite, isn't it? It's just, well, that's like what's that's, that's the cycling equivalent of skateboarding now, isn't it? Like it was like BMX and now these kids are doing, I mean, there's, there's a bit of crossover for sure. Mm-hmm. Like the BMX guys and the fixed gear guys mixed with the wheelie kids now and there's all like and some of the wheelie kids are now doing like fixed gear crits in the uk or they were before we had uh, coronavirus right so it's totally like a feeder it's like new guys who would not usually be cycling cycling and then getting into different bits of the sport different disciplines yeah that i mean the track bike that first boom in the early 2000s was that is like here's yeah, like yeah. this thing. If you live in a city, here's like cycling is fucking cool. It's hard to do. It's like, but not impossible. And like, and it was like a gateway drug. And like so many people, like you said, now are like full on like roadies, crit people, this and that. Like, yeah, that stuff like that is so important because it also brings some flavor. Like, competitions, it's like kind of stale. Like bring some personality like i want to see the self-expression yeah yeah yeah. and i think maybe a little bit of why gravel is such a momentum is it's not so race focused and it's like a little bit fringe and you can kind of do it anywhere i don't know yeah i think that i I was chatting today to someone about um gravel and how what okay is it's different in the uk because you guys have gravel what is gravel though we call it adventure cycling because gravel is like a type of road 
the thing like over here there there isn't really any gravel tracks it's all like single track mountain bike and hiking trails and stuff which around london this is i'm sure up north like there is some great gravel like actual gravel tracks um but it's nothing like what you guys have over there from what i've seen in video um and we'd all be better off on mountain bikes for sure oh that's so much interesting and i think i i feel like in london and the uk like that will be the next we're in just a, a transition period right now and there's bikes coming out like the Cannondale just released one with a lefty fork, didn't they? And like, and it's look at they're starting to look like mountain bikes, and everyone will just end up being on mountain bikes in the next couple of years, maybe maybe longer than a couple, but it will happen. It's like a funny right now that it's. I love it though because there's no, it's not really all figured out. It's sort of like, oh, does he need suspension? Is it bigger tires? Is it like? Yeah, it's this funny because I I built up a hardtail gravel bike, two inch tires. Like, it's really just depends on the terrain you have, though. You know, like yeah, it, you got a suspension fork on the on the Yena. No, on the bomb work? track. I tried to put it on the Yena, but it it, it hit. Wrong to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, <laughs> Bad memories there. Sorry for bringing that. Up. Dude, that's just <laughs> every time I fucking do something on a bike, it's that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so like, would you like? Do you feel like you would want to ride a mountain bike, or would you want like a beefier version of a gravel bike? Ah, uh, I know. Like, so I've ridden with a few like real quick mountain bikers, and they like who do do the Cape Epic. Oh um, yeah, and they and they were just like nah, full sus uh, cross country bike, hundred percent, because these days they're so light. You don't have uh-huh. the penalty you used to have, which was they were really fucking heavy. Wait, interesting. Um, and, and the rear shock is not so much a comfort thing. It's like it keeps your back wheel on the ground more. So then you can actually oh, go cool. quicker. So it's just like a, huh. it's a faster machine most of the time, unless you're on compact, you or know, tarmac. US-style uh, dirty Kansas type of gravel. Mm. I think you're better off on a, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not an expert in off-road at all and a really experienced rider may be quicker on a gravel bike but who wants to go quick i just want to have fun i just want to like if i was on a cross-country bike i'm sure i would be much faster down a descent than i am at the moment descent point it and just go right yes 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 the next thing next thing for sure yeah like i have never had uh like a proper uh, that's actually the next thing i want to figure out too is like a full suspension cross country like and i want to take them on some of these rides that we do and get this like tasters challenge like what's the difference between and i know that it really boils down to just the like the terrain that you're gonna ride if you're doing a ton of pavement and then some heavy stuff and then a little bit of gravel like kind of nothing's perfect (laughs) Because you're throwing all these crazy things on it. This is the thing. Okay, the one real good thing about a gravel bike around here is that you can ride out off-road and then you can ride back quickly on the road without having without being like this. Yeah, and just... Yeah, I know you could probably lock out. Can you lock out all suspension? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you do that and then ride home on the road, but it's still you're you're quite upright. I don't know; it'd just be a pain in the ass. 
compared to a gravel bike, which just feels kind of like a road bike. Yeah. And so I came from like that road bike position also. So now I'm like, okay, I want to try that full sus bike that we're trying talking about with like some wide drop bars. I just want to try it. Like, I know it's not cool or right or blah, 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 but I just want to see what or it's like. Country mountain bike with, with drop bars on. Why? That would be sick. Why not? Can, can it be, can we, can you mix like a GRX group set what, with uh... I'm saying. So that's my, that was one of my things with Villier. I was like, I was like, yo, this needs to, because I know that video for me will do very well. It'll be yeah. like what an average video is for you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> it's just interesting. And actually, if any other bike company out there wants to talk about this, you know, just saying, Oh, I just yeah. want to fucking try this. Like, let's, I don't even need, need to keep the thing. Tip, you need What's that? Before. Someone's going to steal your idea and start selling them. Someone's got to try it like, first. It might suck. It, I, so I actually know a guy who's done it, right? Because he had a, so there's a guy who was in my cycling club, my first cycling club. He crashed mountain biking and broke his back. Whoa. And then he, he fucked it up more because he, had to walk to hospital, oh. like from the, like he had to like walk all like miles after the crash. Oh my God. And he God. wrecked his back and it's still, it's still a mess. But to get riding again, wow. he got a full set Cannondale, like a lefty mountain bike and he put road thing, road levers on it and it did work. But this was a few years ago and, I, and he didn't ride it for that long because then he got well enough to like ride a, uh, just oh. a high up normal, normal road bike with no suspension. But so it has, people have done it. For sure. The, the For sure. Parts work like hydraulic cable. It all goes in and it, it, there is a way of doing it. And electronic, like there's less. It, easy, yeah. right? Hydraulic. Is, even you I just would, fucking plug it in and press yes on the keyboard and it works, right? Yes. <laughs> Can we get everything on this program? I like this one yes button. Who's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there anybody here? Basically, how it, that's how it is. That's how it is. Shimano YouTube. <laughs> EQ? You say, yeah. Go. What's that? It's like the thing you, it's the software you plug in to your DI2. And then <laughs> and it, like, you can upgrade it and stuff. And you can make it do different things. Oh, I should try that on the Cento. That's like having a Tesla and you're like, yeah, you can like do an autopilot mode. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, no yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. You plug our bikes into a fucking computer. What? It doesn't feel right. And also where my bikes are is kind of like dirty space. It's not like computer space. Mm. But I guess you just bring a laptop. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bike room. Do you, with traveling for you, is that something that you, like, do you love, love it? Like, do you miss it, traveling? Oh, uh, you know, I thought I would, mm. but I really, really enjoyed being at home for an extended period of time. Yeah. And, like, novelty of traveling and, like, oh, this is so cool, wears off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being in a place, but I don't like the airport <laughs> and transit part of it. I just, yeah. just suck, especially shorter trips. Like, I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I love going over to the Villa factory and seeing those guys, but it's a super short flight and oh, yeah. I still have to like wait at the airport. You have to get there two and a half hours before or whatever. You do, you still, it's the same process as if I was flying to like see you, isn't it? You're just not What's sat on the plane for long. No, see you. Like in oh, Portland. to see, see, I got you. The United States of America, Portland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You just, you just get, a little, get a little nap on the, the flight and then wake up. So it's the same like effort level to, to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like. I like that. Yeah. 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 yeah just, I want to come back to the US. So we see, I was, I was, we finished our like big US bike packing trip in Portland, but this is before I knew you. I know. I heard about that. And we could totally have hung out. It's, it would have been awesome. <laughs> it would have been cool. Yeah, well, you went north on the up. Was it up one? Um, what from we, we started from where? So we started in um, San Diego. Okay. And then we went to LA. Yeah. And then we rode inland. Oh. Um, through the desert, through Death Valley, and then back. Fuck. Uh, through Yosemite Valley. Oh, so we saw. And we saw a vegan cyclist. Stayed with him for a day, and then came. And then came back to the coast and then rode Whoa. north all the way to Portland into what? a headwind. <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's a long way. It's that awesome. Bit of the sucked. That sucked so bad. Yeah. Going south is fucking sick. Cause you're just like superhero. Like every day, like this is oh. fucking awesome. And you're on the right side of the road to see the sea. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> you're we're right. on the wrong side. We're seeing like fucking nothing. You're like, we're what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the shoulder is fucked up until Oregon too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's weird. oh man, yeah. But it was it was great. We're gonna we're gonna revisit that area for another trip at some point. We're just figuring out how we can do it because um, it was epic. There were one of our ride buddies. So there was three of us that started that trip, and only two of us finished. Oh shit! Because he crashed. <laughs> he crashed at like two miles an hour fucking around with his camera and broke his wrist No, and, and his bike. And then we like single speeded it because it was all like his mech was fucked. Uh, but then he couldn't like grip the bars enough. It was just a nightmare. So he missed the last bit. So we have like unfinished business. <laughs> so there will be a ride one day that finishes in Portland. Yes. And we can hang out. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. The whole, like, I love, the US. It was the it was it, that trip was the best thing that we've ever done. And we all agree. It was just sick. Yeah, you guys covered like the it's like the perfect version of like all the from ocean to desert to forest to like mm. I don't know what else there is. <laughs> and not even that much um dist I mean it is it's obviously it's a fucking long way, but it's it's the scenery changes so quickly, right? So yeah. you literally rode, we rode from like, so we were with um, Kim nonstop. Do you know Kim? Oh, yeah. Like, I hung out with her in, in Pasadena. Okay, and then cool. The, the, and and uh, then rode over Angeles Crest. Yep. Like the big like climb out of there, which took ages. <laughs> and then we descended and then we were in the Mojave Desert in one ride. Yeah, it was what the fuck? absolutely mind-blowing. It was that, that was probably... That's one of the best rides I've ever done, hands down. Um, and then the Death Valley thing and all of that was just so cool. 
Like, I thoroughly recommend that if you've never done uh, Rhythm Through There. It's like an alien landscape Whoa. on Mars. I'm terrified. The desert, riding your bike in the desert, like, I automatically think there's nowhere to get water. <laughs> um, they're kind of, the water was okay. The heat wasn't was a problem. Oh, yeah. We did it in which oh, is stupid. Yeah. Um, but right. in terms of water, there, there is like, if you waited by the side of the road and you were in trouble, someone would come past. Some... <laughs> like, maybe like two hours can go by with no car, but then a car us- would usually come past. So we, we were never like panicking that much. That there was sense. one point where we did think, shit, this is actually too hot. Oh, <laughs> to yeah. Ride it. Did you shift but tonight? It was, uh, yeah, so we st- we got up really early. Oh yeah, uh, the days. Oh, well, we learned our lesson. One of the days, like we we didn't wake up early. It was at the start, and it was riding through a place called Kelso. Okay, yeah. On the way to Baker, which is like yeah, place oh where yeah, they have, like, the world's biggest thermometer. Oh really? And like alien know. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like loads of alien Area Fifty One stuff <laughs> in a town. Just, it's fucking stupid because <laughs> it's like nowhere near Area Fifty One. Yeah, it totally wasn't. And then we actually got, we actually did go close to Area 51, I think. But yeah, I, people out there, they love, they love aliens. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, we learned our lesson that day. And then we started getting up at 3 a.m. to go riding, you know, Whoa. go out. And then you'd get, you ride for like an hour um, in the dark. And then you'd get an amazing sunrise every day. And that in itself was a special thing. So it yeah. forced us to do that. That's but I think we try and if we did it at a cooler time of year, I would still try and get up at that uh, super early, you know, ride ride a little bit in the dark and then see the valley like light up and it, yeah, it's pretty special. That's so awesome, huh? Yeah. Do you work on your own bikes? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel I was like a for, for a couple of, back when I was racing, I did that as a job on the side. Yeah. But a lot of I haven't kept up to date with all the new tech and stuff. Like right. Shimano changed where they do all their adjustments and things, and sometimes it gets a bit overwhelming, doesn't it? But yeah, I generally try to. That's why cool. do you ask? I don't you know. Do a just... lot of tinkering. Because <laughs> I got this wheel set, and I'm trying to figure out how to get this free hub button. On. <laughs> uh, you just pop, if you pass it through the screen. Yeah, right. Here. Uh, let me email it to you real quick here. Yeah. I don't know. Just curious. Like, I just think it's interest. I feel like most people do work on their bikes, but it's just I feel like it's a, a not a not a positive or a negative. It's just a tell of a personality. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, OK, like I am firmly in the middle on that one. Like, I understand both sides of it. Uh, but you were a mechanic, so it's almost like. It would be weird if you didn't, you know? Yeah. But there, there is, there's things that I like, I won't try and tackle. I, I think it's time is the issue because I'm so busy. And then there'll be new things that I haven't done before, like hydraulic shifters. Oh, yeah. And it's like brake bleeding and stuff. And I don't have a brake bleeding kit. So I, then I just go, oh, fuck it. Instead of trying to learn how to do it, I just go, hey, man, help. Like, totally. Wrong friend, mechanic. But everything else, like all the general uh, maintenance things, I have enough tools to do here. Oh, sick. Um, but for sure. But I don't know. I, I I think most people should 
at least learn the basics because it's expensive, right? Like yes. I wouldn't, I've worked in a few shops and for a decent service, it's over a hundred pounds here. It's mm-hmm. like, like, $30. like and that's, that's really expensive. If you don't know what you're doing and you don't maintain things as, as they need maintaining, because you can avoid that right. inevitability of having to take it in. Right. Yeah. Like a chain will do, will so save like you $3,000. Of like, yeah. 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 You just need to learn. You just need to know a bit. Just like a bit, and then you're okay. Yeah, and I mean, I guess there's the the thing of like, if you're new to this thing, you're like, well, how how would I know what? Like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So you're like, well, how do I know that I'm supposed to change my chain? Like, mm. no one fucking tells you that. No, 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 absolutely. But you can buy a chain tester. Nobody tells you yeah. that either. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. You bring it to the mechanic, and they're like, oh, let me test that, and you're like, oh, you can test that. You don't have to come to the bike shop. Doing that, yeah, yeah. I found out recently though, there's like a different one for different speeds of chain. So Fuck, like, really? Depending on why do you put it in? Yeah. So now like 11 speed chains, the old Shit, style ones. For real. You should change it earlier if it goes through because of the tolerance. Like I don't know. So I just, I, I just do it by like miles done on the chain now. Even How though the I fuck do, do you keep track of that? I just kind of guess. How? How would you do? Because you're changing bikes too. Well, how, yeah. many, how many bikes you jump in between? Two, usually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the fixie kit doesn't ever need changing. That you just keep riding. Which forever. one? The fixie. Oh, oh I didn't like know. Like a fixie bike you just carry on, right? Forever and ever. Until it's, I have... until it's like dusty and falls apart. No, I've broken a chain... I, I used you? to live in Seattle, tons of hills in that city on a track bike. Yeah. And I was just, every time you ride the bike, you're going up and down some gnarly hill. And I remember yeah. climbing up this hill, heading home and got to the very top of the hill. And it was just like, Bink! and my like, oh. I was like, what the fuck? No way. And it just broke. I was like, oh my God. That's like the perfect point for that to break. Cause yeah. they, oh my God, going down some fucking hill. He- you would just die or, you would know, you, were you running a break? No, I have never done that on a track bike. I'm like yeah. too stubborn at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've only like, I've, I raced, um, like a couple of German fixed gear crits and stuff. And then when I turned up there, they like just gave me my race bike and they were like, there you what? go. Oh, and we're riding to the race t- tomorrow. So it was like brakeless race gear, everything. And I'll, oh, fuck's sake. But it was all right. But it's quite, um, yeah. Now it's just for the convenience, like a little little break on it. So it's it's easier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so did you, when did you start? Oh, I guess the, when, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's your first memory of cycling? Ooh. I think I was... Uh, being taught to ride a bike by my dad is my first memory of cycling, which probably is my first memory of cycling. Like it actually is. <laughs> did he did he ride bikes when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. So we he always had a, a cool. Um, he had like a race bike which got stolen no from way. outside our house. I remember that. And yeah. it, it, what sucks about so do you know um, you're into your music? Yeah, Eric Clapton. Yeah. 
Yeah. So his wife at the time, Patty Clapton, gave him that bike. Whoa. So it was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's a random yeah, story. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're not like not we're not like family friends with Eric Clapton or anything. Although that would be sick, um, but that 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 bike was like super special, and he just left it outside the house one day and gone. Yeah, a yeah, cool race bike. But no, first memory I remember him teaching me in like a big, fucking huge field, and I could I could pedal and go. So he but he'd have to set me off. Yeah, so he set me off, and I ride and ride and ride and ride and ride and ride and ride in a straight line, and then I just. Oh, <laughs> and then I couldn't get going again. So he'd have to run all the way ah. to catch up with me. And then <laughs> yeah. Wait, was it, it work. a feel, like a grass field? Like not yeah, smooth? Like a grass field. So yeah, you're yeah. like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why we like off road now, right? <laughs> that would be so much harder for like a little kid. You're like smooth pavement or grass field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <laughs> That's but now amazing. Kids, like kids these days all learn on balance bikes, right? Yeah, which is it's so way awesome. Better. Way, way better. better. I, I had stabilizers on when we did that field that I can't remember. I was oh. like, but yeah, yeah. Now it's totally changed the way kids learn to ride. Like they already know how to balance um, just from riding them. So the transition to a pedal bike is just so easy. Yeah, Seamless. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the, like, when did you start riding a track bike? Was that around that early 2000 stuff? Um, I got a track bike when I came back, when I started cycling again after a little break from my racing. So it was just as I started doing videos and I got one because it was cheaper than, I was like, cool, what's the, so the logic in my head was I want a cheap bike. And when I'm filming stuff with one hand off the bars, if I have a fixed gear, I'll be able to regulate my speed. Yeah. I'll be able to slow down with my feet. Right. Which kind of made sense at the time. In practice, yeah. right. you're actually better off just with a normal bike. Yeah. <laughs> Without a fixed gear thing to think of as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, in my head, it made sense. But then uh, it, it meant I got really fit really quickly. Cause I was riding that fixed gear with like guys on the road. Oh um, shit. And then, yeah. So we were just riding like local loops here. We, there's quite flat routes you can do. So it was oh, actually cool. okay. Oh, you can just cool. ride. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then that bike, I destroyed that bike as well, which is a shame. That was on the roof of a car when we drove, uh, <laughs> into a car park at, at, a, at a cycle circuit. Why in the car park of a cycle circuit do they have a fucking thing that stops? It, I, I know it's to stop um, like travelers coming in and use and parking their caravans all over the uh, oh. cycle circuit because it's like a park as well. So that's why they do it. But it's just, yeah, seems kind of ironic that there's a thing that decapitates a guillotine <laughs> for your bike. <laughs> it is like, just like. Did it fuck up the car too? I can only imagine it what left, that does. I think it like left a little dent on the roof, but it definitely fucked up the bikes holding the, the rack. Oh it's yeah, just like gone. and we we could just say we we heard the noise and the the car just bumped a little bit, and then in the rear mirror you just see like <laughs> <laughs> <this thing. laughs> oh my god, you're like well 
I guess I need a new bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's sad. Wow. But, but so funny. It was so funny. It was it was okay. Were, it were, you, the blood. were you filming? I was filming that day, but I didn't film the actual like incident. But it really. got into the story though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah cool. So <laughs> sort of worth I, it. I, that's a perfect piece of clickbait. Exactly. I, I, I was like, destroyed my bike, or like yeah, something oh. like that. <laughs> I feel like I have seen that thumbnail. <laughs> Maybe I've even seen that episode actually. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, I still have. I hang it. I hang that bike. The frame. It was sitting outside for ages. <laughs> because um, I claimed on insurance and they never came and got it. So it's been sat in a box and I got it out recently and there's a huge dent in the down tube. But as long as my insurance company don't watch this, it might be from all those years ago. Uh, I think it's salvageable. Oh, that's so cool. I, think I genuinely build it up because it's alloy. It's just got a big dent in it. So I'm going to try and see if like, as long as the dropouts are straight and I can get a wheel in and it spins, I think I can actually that's use it as like a shopper. Yeah. You know? it rolling because it's sick it's like that's got that's that bike's got history that's one like i'm attached to like it's a cool cool thing like, yeah I, I bet it's fun i've ridden a lot of dented track bikes like a dent you know it's not like yeah it's fine it's gonna happen i mean it, it's a big dent <laughs> don't get me wrong I don't, I don't have it to hand to show you it's like it's big cool well i'm thanks for hanging out this was awesome no worries man it was great to chat uh, if anybody would like to find out more about Francis Cade's amazing videos that we can't stop talking about how amazing they are. I can't. Uh, but for real, you should check him out. He's on YouTube, Francis Cade. There's links below, whether you're listening or watching. And he's also on Instagram. And it's at Francis Cade. Is that right? There's E in the middle because someone took my name on Instagram. So it's Francis C. Cade. Oh. Yeah. And if you know know Francis Cade, let's get his handle back. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, player. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right. Peace.